0: Welcome to the We Go Boldly podcast. I'm Riley Karsh. And I'm Tova Copan, And we're so excited to have you with us on this journey.
1: We are inviting you to the forefront of your own life. We are pushing you to examine your own unique feminine mythology and release the anchors of unreasonable expectations. Tune in as we discuss everything from
0: culture and relationships to careers and advocacy. Let's be bold
1: and brave together. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of We Go Boldly, the podcast. We are, as always, so excited to be talking to you and uh, seeing you, well, maybe not seeing you, talking to you this week. And we will be continuing our conversation around faith and transformation as we have been doing so far this season. And as always, I am thrilled to be here with my fabulous, fantastic co-host Tova. So let me welcome you to the show today. Tova, how are you doing this fabulous day? in it is now February for us. So how are you doing today in February?
0: I am doing quite well. I am excited to be here. I um, Let's see, it is February. We are recording this on a Wednesday. You might be listening to it on a Wednesday. I will admit I got very excited today uh, we're recording this um, a little ahead of what you're listening to it. So it is it is actually – it's February 2nd, and I got super excited this morning because I was like, oh, my gosh, it's February 2nd. It's 2 2 two twenty 2 and it's a Tuesday, and all of a sudden I got so excited, and my kids were like, it's Wednesday. And I was like, oh, okay, so it's not Tuesday. Tuesday. But I, I know that's going to happen – And it's happening on February 22nd. So it's still coming. We're going to have a twos, twos, twos. Like all the twos are happening on a Tuesday. So I, um, you know, I I was excited for a minute, but then I was reminded that it's Wednesday and it's not that magical Tuesday. But save the date.
1: Save the date because next week it's coming. (laughs) It's so fun when kids burst your bubble like that, isn't it?
0: I know. I know. And I was all excited. I was like, it's Groundhog Day. And. And then, I'm, I was like, "It's six weeks to winter." And they're like, "Does that mean he saw a shadow?" And I was like, "I don't know. I don't know what that means. I mean, i don't I don't know which means which. I just know that they said it's six weeks to winter.
1: My son got excited about Groundhog Day, except he like substitutes a different animal every time. And uh, but he's like, no more winner, right? I'm like, I have no idea. I don't know what happened. But he gets excited, or what will happen, I guess it's happening today, right, for us. It it already uh, happened. Oh, it happened. I don't know. See, clearly, I'm obviously a little discombobulated today, everybody. Sorry, I got tongue-tied in the beginning. I don't even (laughs) know what day it is. It's a lot of twos. Except for the day of the week. I'm a mess. But either way, we're going to have a fun time talking about faith and transformation yes. as I trip over my words and try to remember what exactly our specific topic around faith and transformation is on today. I don't know what happened. I think maybe I haven't had enough coffee. Maybe I had too much coffee. Tova knows what happens when I've had too much coffee. It's like fireworks in my it's brain. It's exciting. It, I mean,
0: it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot of Riley. And it's it's super fun um what's extra fun though I have to say is uh you love to talk about how much coffee you drank when you've had a lot of coffee You're I like, know I do I do I think I, I, think I might have just
1: had too much coffee
0: I think that might have been what happened like, like maybe maybe
1: maybe I don't know can we can we move on I don't know um yeah no it's 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 annoying it's like the like I talk about the weather too much I don't know it's like things go awry is what happens but I think we've taken up enough time <laughs> introing for today, and we will simply move on to the topic of discussion. As you can tell everyone, we've got, I don't know, maybe it's like because it's the beginning of February for us, but we've got, we're a little giddy in our uh, in our podcast today for you guys, but that's all right. You're getting to know us a little bit better right now. Uh, but today we're going to talk about trust, vulnerability, and community, which is not like the lightest topic, but we're going to have fun with it anyway. And we're going to talk about trust, vulnerability, and community and how that relates to the ways in which we build our own sense of faith and and come about uh, or bring about transformation in our lives. So I think what we'll start with is Tova did the research for this episode which I am very grateful for because we've been struggling researching this season. Um, So she took this one on. But what we're going to start with is talking about trust and vulnerability and how it sort of comes into play in our lives and, and some of the sort of scientific background for how we experience trust and vulnerability and and how it impacts us. So Tova, I'm going to turn it over to you for a minute to sort of kick us off in in laying the groundwork for what you found in your research on trust and vulnerability.
0: Yes, we, we have definitely struggled because sometimes some of the research around faith and transformation, and specifically faith, has a a certain slant, and as as you can tell, when we are having conversations about faith, we want it to be a broader spectrum about spirituality, and sometimes it gets very focused, uh, the research does get very focused in one direction or another. And when I did the research on trust and vulnerability, I ended up looking beyond just faith, right? And let's just really look at sort of the building blocks of trust and vulnerability, and that led me to one of my favorites, Brene Brown, who is like the queen of research on vulnerability. So I would suggest if you are interested in learning about vulnerability, head on over to her TED Talk because she is a phenomenal TED Talk on vulnerability where she digs deep and has great stories. And obviously she has a number of phenomenal books about vulnerability, various sort of stages in the process. Daring Greatly is a big... A big one, um, but a good one. And if that's not your jam, there's also just a Netflix special that you can yeah. enjoy. <laughs> right.
1: You could just so, watch it.
0: Yeah, just watch it. Um, but, you know, trust and vulnerability go so they're so intertwined. And the fact of the matter is there's a reason that these are important building blocks of whether it's building a community or building a faith community or building sort of a a personal faith journey, because you need to either have trust in yourself, you need to be open to an experience in order to have this experience be able to unfold. So let's just start with some basic definitions. Um, So trust, and now this is defined by scholars, in this case, organizational scholars, because I want to look at this from the perspective as though as trust when it's interacting with others is our willingness to be vulnerable to the actions of others because we believe they have good intentions and will behave well towards us. Um, and so I, I also like to think of that as, you know, that we'll be willing to trust ourselves, right? Because we believe we have good intentions towards ourself. Um, and vulnerability is the willingness to show emotion or to allow one's weaknesses to be seen or known. The willingness to risk being emotionally hurt. Now, I'll be honest, I had to dig a little deep for that definition. It was not the first one off like Merriam-Webster's top of the list um, definition. A lot of the uh, definitions when it came to vulnerability had to do with basically being weak or being open to attack and things that I think either are from a different perspective of vulnerability and maybe one that if we used would not put us in the best perspective when it comes (laughs) to vulnerability. Um, But, you know, or, or maybe an antiquated view or one that if someone said, well, being vulnerable equals weakness, right? Right. In a, in a, bad way um so i threw those out and i kept digging until i got to what is i think a a more reflective of our understanding of what being vulnerable is which is a willingness to be seen Um, a willingness for your weaknesses to be seen for your emotions to be seen and so those really are trust and vulnerability are really necessary in order for you to let yourself be open and for you to let yourself to truly be a part of something larger than yourself and whether it's to be something larger as in a organization a church a community or even a spiritual experience and we've We've talked about trust and vulnerability in the past and how it can be necessary to sort of fit in or to build friendships um but we're looking at it now as sort of that necessary building block to be part of your your faith journey i guess is the best way to describe it
1: yeah and i think you know a couple thoughts on vulnerability and and then we'll take a quick break but one, I think those definitions are so culturally biased and so founded in an antiquated belief in what what it what weakness is and what it means to be open. And so to allow people to see who you really are and to see your emotional side is, you know, I, I think we see it in. Our culture all the time we see it shown in movies and on tv and and wherever you get your you know so-called entertainment um we see those kinds of images as being portrayed as being weak right and so it's only natural that that definition would pop up over and over again so i'm not at all surprised tova that that's what you found and you had to sort of dig 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 to find a more Um, accurate for our discussion anyway definition and accurate to in my opinion definition of what it is to be vulnerable and and I think vulnerability is is a a real strength personally and it's you know I think we talk about it all the time here that allowing for vulnerability in your life is foundational to any kind of long-term change or any kind of long-term growth and so um that definition, of course, didn't surprise me, but um, it might surprise some of you. So it's interesting. And that's one of the reasons we get so hung up on definitions here, because words have such an impact. And we talked about this way, way back in, I don't know, season one or season two of the podcast, how much words matter and how impactful they are on our understanding of the world around us and the way in which we feel and think about ourselves and and um, interact with people and interact with our ourselves. And so that's why we talk so much about definitions and why we sort of lay the groundwork in this way. Because when you routinely say things to yourself, and when you say them over and over, and when you say them to your kids and your family members and your friends, they become ingrained. And you start to think a certain way based on the words you're saying. And so if every time you talk about vulnerability, you think weakness then that's how you're going to feel about it and you're going to you're going to internalize that sentiment but if you flip that definition and think strength and you do it intentionally and repeatedly you can change the way you feel about the word and you can you can change the way you internalize the word and so i just i i felt like we needed to sort of talk about that a little bit before we move on to Talking about sort of the building blocks of trust and and how we how we build this process throughout our daily lives.
0: Well, and and you know something you just said reminded me of some of the research I was reading, and it was a section of the research that was about um, organizational organizational strength and and vulnerability and how how you can use uh, what they called vulnerability based trust to really strengthen your organization. And one of the suggestions was to share your weaknesses. And they said it in such a way, as a leader, right? A leader would share their weaknesses with others and ask for help. And when I first read it and the way they wrote it, it kind of took me aback, like you don't want to share your weaknesses. But also it just had this assumption that everyone has weaknesses. And we are so concerned about sharing our weaknesses right and we don't want to ask for help and i know i've said on this podcast before um and we can get to it later we can get to it now that um i think because they call it the vulnerability loop right that like you need to be vulnerable in order you know you need to ask for help in order to establish trust essentially like you have to be willing to be the one to to be vulnerable first but But there was just, you know, the fact that the the organization that the suggestion of this article was and I believe it was an article from Forbes was basically like, you have to share your weakness, you, Mr. Or Mrs. CEO, Ms. CEO, need to share your weakness, recognize your weakness, and then ask for help. And that is how you will start to build trust. And the matter of fact, way they said it, like, of course, you have a weakness everybody has a weakness and and it just like obviously i have weaknesses i could make a list of them and right but right just the sort of like oh that's right we do all have weaknesses of course we do and we shouldn't be we shouldn't be surprised that everyone does and just like we all have strengths and just like we have things that we do sort of like so so right like um and so There shouldn't be judgment from ourselves that there are some things that we don't do as well, right? But we put such energy into not liking the word weakness. Um, Just like I had a conversation with somebody yesterday, actually in a, in a mini mastermind I'm in uh sharing my dislike of the word failure which we've all shared here or I've shared here about how it's okay if you fail at something it's okay if something that you do is a failure that's great who cares like move on you learn from it and move on and even if you learn from it it can still be a failure we all fail you know like it, it's That's fine. People aren't failures. You can fail at something that you've done and move on with it. But we just give so much power to these words. And I think that, you know, oftentimes faith, at least for me, I don't need to rely on my faith when everything is wonderful. I need to rely on my faith when I am feeling most vulnerable when i am feeling my weaknesses when i am struggling that is when i need to <laughs> dig into my faith bucket and find it didn't take that long i don't know how long no, it No it did it didn't take that long for me to bring out the faith bucket faith buckets but, came out <laughs> yep but like you know find my find my faith is is when i'm feeling my weaknesses the most and so i need to make sure that i'm willing to share them because, at least with myself, because they have to be there in order for me to sort of strengthen my faith. Like, it it all has to be there.
1: It, it does. And, and I would add, and maybe this is the cynic in me, and, and I work to, to relieve her and get her out of my head. But she's still there sometimes. But I w- would add in my personal experience that... Um, there's one extra step in that process, and that that is the other person has to believe you when you're talking about your weaknesses, and they have to be willing and open to listening to you say this is a this is a weakness. I'm not I'm not looking for praise. I'm I'm telling you I can't, I'm not good at this, and um, I'm not I'm not looking for you to tell me I am good at it. I'm looking for you to actually either show me how to do it or do it so I don't have to. Um, and in my personal experience as a as a woman in corporate world or as a woman in politics or a woman in various settings that often um is a is a struggle and so i would say that this is that's just one little extra step i would add to that to that study that whoever you were read re- whoever's research you were reading that they might <laughs> might consider adding that that's a that's a real thing that happens and um you know i don't know i i mean i know several people other people who's it's happened to i've seen it happen to other people it happens to me r- routinely um and it particularly happens when you're a person who's used to being in charge and you're good at being in charge and then you and you are willing to acknowledge your weaknesses and shortcomings if you will um and you're not ashamed of them you simply are just like, nope, I'm actually just not good at that particular task. And so I need somebody else to step in and do it. Um, and no, I don't feel like it means I'm a failure. <laughs> it means I'm not good at that task. And can you do it? Um, and I found that on multiple occasions, many, many occasions, that that was looked upon as bragging or seeking praise or seeking um, somebody to pick me up and tell me no no you're actually good at it when in fact it 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 was the exact opposite and so it's an interesting conundrum that I think people find themselves in when they're willing to acknowledge their weaknesses sometimes um, so that's just one level of like red flag to throw in there for people
0: well yeah I mean I think that there is um <laughs> So I just finished uh, listening to the memoir, or I guess it would be a memoir, of Colin Jost from um, uh, the Weekend Update guy from SNL. Yeah, from SNL. Yeah. And he's very self-deprecating, and he's super funny, and he's clearly very smart. And I do think that there is, like, self-deprecating in the, like, where it's, like, he's very self-aware of himself, right? He's, like, very self-aware and then there's, like, self-deprecating in a, like, but now tell me how great I am. Right? Like Yes. And, and I think that people are very uncomfortable with other people saying, I'm not good at something. And they do want to rush in and say, um, no, 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 you're wonderful. You're great. You're great. And then you need to be able to, like, almost push back and say, no no, really, I'm not good at this. I don't care that I'm not good at that.
1: Right. I don't,
0: I'm not working on it. Um, I just really need someone else who's good at it to to do it. Like, um, and the the uh, so the official vulnerability loop experience, and I didn't include examples and I probably should have, um, is that like person A sends a signal of vulnerability, whatever that is, either maybe telling a story of some kind, or ask straight up asking for help, right? And person B detects the signal, like, oh, that person needs help. Then person B responds by signaling their own vulnerability, like, oh, okay, I also need help with this thing. Person A detects that signal, and then a norm is established of, like, being able to mutually ask for help. And that is theoretically how it should work. <laughs> right. But I think it does take a top-down sort of, especially if you're in an organization or in a community. When, and when I say organization, I, I mean, I, am, I was immediately thinking of my organization that I work for only because yesterday my CEO was interviewing another CEO and he was literally talking about like, encouraging mistakes within the company because he wants to encourage people to take risks but also I'm I I'm thinking about like you know your local PTO right yeah. like
1: it could more... be any any kind of organization it doesn't matter the the type or size or scale I it, mean even it could like be a group of friends club, to be honest right? yeah like yeah. a
0: group of friends or like a book club like how often have you been part of like a a book club that has like fallen apart because somebody takes on too much and then gets overwhelmed and then it's like, well I have to organize everything. And and everyone's like, well we, we thought you liked doing that. <laughs> That's why we let you do it. And they're like, Right, no, I I just did it because no one else did. And you're like, oh okay, we clearly failed at communication here. <laughs> and and so, you know, this same I think the same can be said when you are trying to create a spiritual community right all of the and but even more so because it doesn't necessarily take as big of a risk to have a conversation about a book i mean sometimes it does because you can get really i mean i've gotten very in-depth but i like to talk so it should not surprise anyone um when talking about a book but you know it's one thing to be talking about a book with a group of people it's a whole other thing to be talking about your your spiritual community or your your faith experience and so building trust and vulnerability in your faith community whether it's among two people or a hundred people is even more important and harder to do than it is in a you know pto
1: yeah. And we, we do need to take a quick break. So we're going to do that now. But when we come back, we'll keep talking about um, sort of building that trust in within whatever faith community it is that in which you reside. So we'll be right back.
0: Both Riley and I are lucky to have
1: worked with incredible coaches throughout our lives. We knew that we wanted more meaning out of our lives, but we weren't sure where to start. Our coaches made all the difference. They gave us direction and support when we needed it most. Now we are fortunate enough to be coaches ourselves, and we are excited to pay it forward.
0: We can help you uncover your purpose and live your
1: limitless life. If you would like to work with us, check out our services at www.goboldlyinitiative.com. We can't wait to talk to you. Now back to the show. Okay. So we are back. And as we were talking about before the break, um, when you are thinking about your own personal faith community, whatever that looks like, whether it's a, a religious community, or if you are a part of a, you know, a, a women's circle, or as you know, a smaller spiritual community, whatever it looks like for you, there must necessarily be some degree of trust and vulnerability in order it in order for it to be functional right there is in in order for you to really be comfortable i suspect (laughs) and to be willing to share your own sort of faith and spirituality and and sense of connection you need to be able to trust the people that you are surrounding yourself with. And so, where does that come from and how do you develop that and and kind of what's the grounding for that? And that's 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 kind of why we're talking about trust and vulnerability and how do you build it and how does it how does it, how do you create it, right? Because it doesn't just happen from one day to the next, it happens over time and through relationships and conversations and through watching people interact and the way in which they behave and the things that they do and say. And so there are a lot of building blocks of trust and in Tova's research, he laid out a bunch of different kind of building blocks that researchers and scientists have come up with. And so we'll just talk a little bit about what that looks like so you can kind of get a basic understanding of what the science says but i also think that intuitively we can sense right trust right we can sense who we can and can't trust now not all of us sometimes that sense that sense of intuition is is a little off. And sometimes we don't trust ourselves enough to trust other people. And that's really important to be aware of. And that might be because of how we grew up or things that have happened to us or because we're not at that level of self-awareness yet where we feel confident in our own intuition. So those are things to keep in the back of your mind. And that's one of the reasons why we want to talk about these building blocks of trust so that you have a basic understanding of where this develops and, and things to look for if you aren't comfortable and confident in your own sort of, I'll call it knowing or intuition. Well, before you dive
0: into that, um, mm-hmm. I do just also want to add that these are some of the same building blocks that you need to establish trust with yourself, mm-hmm. right? So so yeah. um, as you're talking about, like knowing yourself right and and understanding your own voice and and who you are um especially if if these kinds of faith experiences are something that you are very personal to you um building trust within yourself is incredibly important and these are the same building blocks that you need for that
1: yeah that's such a good point tova it's um it's the same process and i i forgot that, to be honest. I hadn't really thought, like, it's the same thing, I, well, I right?
0: Think, I think that's part of it is. I mean, I think we all forget that sometimes, yeah. like, and we forget that, like, that we can actually make the same effort that we would make to build trust in our in our children or in a friend. Yep. We can actually think, OK, there are actually steps I can take to build trust in myself again.
1: Yes. So if you have gone through a, a difficult period of time or if you maybe if you never spent a lot of time getting to know yourself or you know if you haven't taken our our inner voice course for for some reason you should but if you haven't um, you know if you haven't taken the time to get to know yourself and if you feel like you're lacking in that self-awareness and this is not to be very very clear there is no judgment from us to anyone listening because Tova and I have been walking these paths for a very long time and we'll be continuing to walk these paths of figuring out who we are in the world and what we're supposed to be doing and how to do it. And it's not, it's just not something I'm willing to judge. It's hard. It is hard work. Um, But if, for whatever reason uh, you are struggling to hear yourself or know yourself, I urge you to to work on it because there is nothing more amazing than hearing your own voice in your own head going, "I know," just I know, and being able to make a decision and. Walk in a direction and know that you're making the choices of your own volition. There are no outside influences forcing you in any way, and you are in control of your life. And that is such a wonderful feeling. And it's not going to happen all day, every day, ever, because that's just not reality. But when it does happen, it's a wonderful thing. And um, I would love for that to happen for everybody. So, Let's get back to building blocks of trust after my little soapbox moment there um, and talk about how, how we do this, right? So one of the things, one of the first things is reliability and dependability. And that is defined as a person or group that is true to their word and fulfills their commitments and or, ugh, encourages trust. So how does that play out? I mean, I think it's pretty obvious, like, right, it's it's very it's very self-explanatory, but how does it play out when you're talking about yourself? And this, I think this is a great one for me because this is my, essentially my my word of the year, and that is showing up for yourself over and over and over again. When you have committed to yourself, showing up for yourself when you say you will. It does not mean beating yourself into the ground. It does not mean being mean to yourself in your head or berating yourself when you have failed to do something that you said you would do. But it does mean if you tell yourself you're going to do something, try to do it. If you want something, if you have a goal and you've put it off because you've put everyone else first, make your goal your goal and go for it because you deserve it. It means showing up for yourself and then outside of yourself, right? Reliability and dependability. If people say they're going to do something and they do it, they're they're reliable, right? Like we know what it means.
0: And I would also just say if you are if you are leading people or you are trying to lead people, it means setting realistic expectations for mm, yourself, yes. right? So it means you know, well that they can have for you, right? So but you're setting them. So you need to be realistic of what you can do right? So it would be better to plan to have one event a week that you can attend than to have three events a week if you're always missing one, even if you're showing up for two, right? Like that's that's how you don't build trust is missing things that you say you'll be at. But if people expect you to be at one and you can always be there, awesome, right? So that that's that setting up expectations and and then you become dependable and people can expect you to be where you say you're going to be. And we know what we know what that looks like, but I think that a lot of times um we just get in such a comparison game that we kind of forget the ball, right? We kind of forget what the whole point of all of this is sometimes when we're trying to do things that that we set such high expectations for ourselves when when that's not the point of it. The point is just to just to show up when we say we're going to show up it's not to be the best and be everyone you know to everyone and everywhere for everyone it's just to show up when we say we're going to show up um and that that is so important um to this to that's the the base the base of the building blocks of the pyramid of trust i'm just making up things
1: <laughs> i like it pyramid <laughs> yeah. of trust good yeah um the next thing is transparency so again i think it's pretty self-explanatory but well you know it's 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 sharing your thoughts feelings considerations telling people what's going on and just being open and honest i think you know and and being honest with yourself and that is probably even harder than being honest with other people. So the minute you start being honest with yourself about what's in your own mind, it will be a lot easier to be honest with other people. Um, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know what else to say about that. To be honest, um, yeah, a lot of honesty happening in that sentence. Yeah,
0: that is a that's a that's a DZ. Um, the uh, the next one is competency, right? So. This is so important, and I'm sure you've experienced on the other side when you are in a group and someone is in charge, or you're in—you have a manager at work or an organization—and they're nice and they show up and they tell you what they're going on, but they actually don't know what they're doing. <laughs> and you're like, "Oh," and and it's really hard to trust them because they don't know what they're doing, um, and and that can be tough, and that. Um, you know, it can be hard to have faith in somebody who doesn't know what they're doing. Now, that I think is different than someone who is like new in a job and is learning and is actively trying to grow and learn versus someone who's just like, yeah, I don't know how I got here. I don't know why I'm here. They just put me in this position, right? there, Those are kind of two different concepts and so when you're looking at yourself you know remind yourself that you're that person who's just new in that role and you're growing and learning right you're not the person who's just like yeah they just put me here i don't know how i got here (laughs) like because i I think that's that's something that we can be so hard on ourselves we're like well i'm just not competent. (laughs) i'm just not competent to be me like you're really the most competent person to be you that there is and so um, but but competency is is really an important element to building trust, and I think that that is something that um, makes it hard for you know new people to get started in in faith groups. Makes it hard for any young people to lead organizations. It just it it makes everything a little hard because it's like well they've been doing it for a long time, so they must know what they're doing. Um, and that may or may not be true.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> not always I, the case.
0: Yeah. But I mean, I think that's an easy one for us to undermine ourselves. Um, yeah. For us to be like, well, you don't really know what you're doing. Because we're like inside and we're like, no, I might not really know what we're doing. And we just assume that everyone else knows what they're doing. Um, and so I think the fact is that, that we don't. But you are as confident as you can possibly be or anybody else can be as knowing who you are. Right? So – you're, you're the expert on yourself or you're as close as anyone could be and you're in the process of figuring it out. So you can check that box off at least for yourself, um, <laughs> right? Um, so the, the next one is, uh, you know, there's a bunch of words um, as part of it, but authenticity, right? You just need to be authentic. And I think that people can feel that right? They can feel if someone's being authentic. We know authentic leaders when we see them. And we know when we're not being authentic to other people, I sometimes think it's harder to tell if we're being authentic with ourselves. I think this is sometimes how we can use um, busyness or certain things to distract ourselves. Sometimes it's almost easier to lie to ourselves than it is to lie to other people. I think Let me rephrase. It's a lot easier to lie to ourselves than it is to lie to other people. (laughs) Yes. Yes, it is. (laughs) Um, but when you are, you know, as part of a community, um, I think, especially when you are part of a faith community, authenticity is you know listen i i could say this i i will say this probably for every single one this is the most important one i mean these are all so important but this to the one feels like this is the one that when you walk in the door it can reveal itself right away and you could turn around and walk out like you might not know the competency you might not know the dependability when you walk in the door but the authenticity is something that you can feel
1: yeah this is the one where i think your knowing will kick in fastest, right? Even if you struggle with your own intuition, even if, you know, you ignore red flags left and right in your own life, I think authenticity is the most obvious to most people. And when somebody is being disingenuous or inauthentic or, you know, put more simply, if somebody is saying something that doesn't actually align with what they really believe on the inside, um, it is generally more obvious than not. People are not as good at lying as they think they are. And so, you know, I mean, listen, we're both lawyers, we we know this. Um, and, and it shines through, and it, particularly in the arena of faith. And so, now people buy into the lies all the time because people believe what they want to believe. But I think that these things shine out of of people and you can see them if you're open to seeing disingenuous behavior and belief systems. So I do think authenticity is probably the biggest um, or inauthenticity, I should say, is probably the biggest red flag out there for for people to not trust um and on the opposite end of course authenticity for people to trust so I I I agree with you I guess is my long-winded my long-winded version to get to I agree with you Tova (laughs) (laughs) all right um so there's two more in the list and then we have to take one more quick break and we'll and um and we'll come back to you guys but there's fairness and uh you know that's again, it's pretty self-explanatory, just understanding that you, it can't life is not all about us. it has to be about other people as well, and that we have to live in a world where we respect that sort of give and take. and then, as we talked about sort of at length, that there is vulnerability and openness and we need to be able to acknowledge our our mistakes and our innermost feelings and be open to communicating those and be open to being vulnerable. And those are our building blocks of of trust in the world. And so hopefully you have taken some of those in and you can kind of start to internalize that in your own life and use that to help you build trust within your relationships and build trust within your own sense of of your faith communities and your, whatever those look like, your, you know, your faith experience, um, we are going to take another quick break. And when we come back, let's talk a little bit about transformation and the way in which communities impact our transformation and our, our, what transformation looks like in our lives. So we'll be right back. We launched our podcast with the goal of reaching other people who might be struggling or looking for something more out of life. We've been broadcasting for almost a year, and we are proud of where we are today. We have so much more to say and so many more people to reach, and we can't wait to keep growing and learning and talking with all of you. We need your help to keep going. Every episode takes
0: time and money to create, and we would love your support. If
1: you like what we are doing, please support us by joining our Patreon community and becoming a monthly subscriber. Join our Patreon community today at
0: patreon.com slash WeGoBoldly. Now, back to the show.
1: Okay, so we are back. And as I said before the break, um, we haven't quite gotten to this concept of transformation yet in this episode. And um, to be perfectly honest, that's because I wasn't sure how to tie it back to the earlier conversation about trust and vulnerability but um you know the reality is that there is no transformation in life without some degree of trust and vulnerability there is no personal transformation i should say i mean maybe a physical one but no sort of inner depth personal transformation um because as we were talking about when we talked about the sort of building blocks of trust. When you are looking internally, when you're starting to figure out your own self-awareness and, and who you are and sort of your core values, your core understanding of yourself, you have to be able to be vulnerable. You have to be able to sort of dig in and figure out, you know, the good the bad and the ugly right like you have to look at all your all your scars and all those fun things uh, which is super super relaxing as you might imagine um <laughs> <laughs> but in doing that is where you find those transformations and as we've said sort of every episode that we've had whether it's a uh an interview or just tova and i um transformation is not necessarily a big kaboom of like one minute I'm one person and the next minute I'm somebody else. I mean, in fact, it's never because you're never going to be somebody else. Sorry to disappoint everyone. Um, but it could be, you know, these small trend, like small changes over time. And in those small changes, every step is a risk. Every step is a is a moment of vulnerability. Every single experience is is a is a is a chance for you to look inside and think about who you are and who you want to be. And so, how does that relate to your communities? Well, it depends, right? And isn't that a fun answer? But it really does depend. That's well, a lawyer um, answer. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I'm putting on my lawyer hat today, everybody. It's been a long time. Um, it, it it does depend though, right? Because if you're, if you're thinking about your faith community in terms of a large religious organization, maybe your transformation has to do with all of the rituals that go along with that. And maybe it comes along with each of those steps, you know, because, because there are, there are big rituals involved in, in those steps. And so those might be your, the moments you key to for your transformation, but you know, maybe it's a confirmation, or maybe it's um, I can't actually think of any other rituals all of a sudden because my mind is blanking. But maybe it's those bigger moments in your a bar life, mitzvah. a bar mitzvah, exactly, um, and that are transformative for you. But if you're thinking about your, you know, your community, maybe it's, um, and by community, I mean, like, the, the literal place where you live, maybe it's... Um, you know maybe it's getting involved in some committee in your town that was really moving for you and and you really cared about it i you know and that for you was a a transformative experience you got involved you felt like you were part of a team you really liked everybody you guys you know you did something together and you cleaned up a, a park and you rebuilt a gazebo and it was like ugh, maybe it, you know that really like fomented some sort of community for you and it was the first time you ever felt like you belonged we don't know what the moment was but those moments of transformation are about trust and vulnerability and belonging and being a part of a community and that's the way in which communities can transform our lives
0: well and i know this is a cliche of like a variety of Romance books, romance movies, it's usually causing the very serious straight-laced man folk to suddenly care about something. But caring about something is an act of vulnerability, right? Mm -hmm. So putting yourself out there, even like in yourself and I'm not going to lie when I say a lot of this stuff about being self-aware I do picture the characters from in inside out like running around and having conversations in your own head about what's <laughs> happening in your own yes, head yes so yes. there is actually like people talking about themselves um somehow but and I'm like making myself dizzy crossing my eyes here thinking about it but um <laughs> that's great like, <laughs> that's I like it but putting yourself out there and caring about something, and knowing that everything that you do, at least the way I view it, anything that you do that is different than the same thing that you do every single day, you are risking changing, like picking up a different book, reading a different um Reading, watching a different type of television show, talking to your neighbors, joining a organization that's cleaning up the local creeks, whatever it is, whatever is different than the same thing that you do every single day, you are risking transforming. You are risking changing. It might not be a huge, massive change. I always, picture these changes as either like now I'm moving my hands, which you can't see unless you come to our YouTube channel, which we will eventually put these on, um, like a little, like a little shift, right. Or a little, like a crack, however you want to view it. Like that's how I, that's how I envision most of these transformations. Most of these changes is just little cracks, little transformations, little shifts. There's a reason that people love banning books, right? Because one book, Literally, reading one book can change you. One, a, 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 a book, a book with freaking pictures in it, like barely any words can change you. So you join a organization because you care. All of those little things can change you and it takes vulnerability to to do those things. It, it takes, dare I say, a leap of faith to be willing to like do those things and to to risk something and one thing that um, I read that it's my the favorite thing about everything that I read in all the research and it came from an MIT study if I remember correctly it was a very long study it's the only thing that I shared <laughs> with Riley sorry but it said that like vulnerability doesn't come after trust it precedes it you have to leap into the unknown and just, you know, hopefully the trust is there underneath you. But, but you just have to, you have to leap. You have to take this risk. You have to care about something. You have to be vulnerable. And that's when the transformation happens. And it might be so small that you don't even see it. You might not even notice it.
1: Yeah. And it might be so small that it, just sort of sits there and you look back at it years later and you go, "Oh, that was the moment." Right? Like you may not even realize it's happening. And that's the beautiful, wonderful thing I think about transformation is that sometimes you don't even know it's happening and it sneaks up on you and it's like, "Oh, wait a minute. A year ago I was like thinking one way and now I feel very different and I don't know what happened and then you sort of look back and you're like oh all these things happened um, you know and you can point to the moments along the way where you know you kind of see the series of events that caused the the transformation and you don't actively have to do anything all the time I mean sometimes you really have to work for it right and then, and if you want to create transformation sometimes you have to really do a lot of stuff but sometimes the I mean, I'm going to get real wooey. Sometimes the universe doesn't give you a choice. Right. Sometimes it just intervenes and changes things for you. Or you wind up in a position where you, you know, like Tova was saying, you read a book and the ideas get in your mind and you think about them and you keep thinking about them. And the way you think changes.
0: Or, or we, you know, we just, uh, hopefully you listened to our interview with, um, Bumi last week, which was phenomenal. And if you didn't listen to it, go back and listen to it again, I mean, for the first time and then listen to it again, cause it was yeah. so good and she's <laughs> wonderful and share it with all your friends. Cause it was phenomenal, but right. We talked about, um, how the universe will hold up a sign, right? So like, if you didn't get it the first time around, if it's an, if it's a sign that the universe wanted you to see, it's going to show you somewhere else.
1: It's and gonna make see, sure you see it.
0: Yeah. It's yeah. gonna keep showing you the sign.
1: <laughs> and you're gonna be like, why do I keep seeing that number five everywhere or whatever right. it is, right? Right. Like, and it's
0: gonna keep showing you the sign until you yeah. see it. And sometimes, at least for me, like that's that's where we can circle back to having the the faith, right? Because like that's how I know that there's something bigger at play than me. Yeah. Because something else is going no tova you really need to see this like this is really important that's why I've shown you 78 times I don't know where your <laughs> mind's been I'm not sure why you're not paying attention um, but yeah I mean I do I do really obviously believe that a book can change you and I have to laugh and I've I've said this before um, although I've said it enough and now I don't remember if I said it on the show but you know I am passionate about habits uh, obviously because I love to talk about them. But I was very scared about reading the book, Atomic Habits, because I was so worried that it was going to change me, which is so <laughs> s- ridiculous. <laughs> and I I am, you know, I am admitting that out loud. And I'm, I'm never afraid of books changing me. I seek the change. I want to right. learn. I want to be transformed by books. I want to learn new things except from that one. <laughs> except for that one, I'm so
1: entrenched in my beliefs about
0: habits <laughs> that
1: like... That you will not learn a new habit. I will not learn a new habit about no, habits.
0: I don't want to learn anything new. And it seems so silly. And I've, I, I, that is not going forward. Going forward, I am willing to learn new things about habits because I realized the error in my of my ways. But it took me so long to read this book because I was so entrenched. And when I finally did, I must say it did confirm everything I already believed about habits, but it also confirmed how ridiculous it is that I had that position, which I will not have it again. But that's how strongly I believe about how, a, how strong a book can change you. <laughs> yes. I refused to read it for years about a, a topic that I'm passionate about. And it is like the book on habits. Yep. It's the and, top book. And I'm like, nope, I'm not listening to his interviews. Nope. James Clear, you will not get me. I have beliefs. But he you and know, I would be best buds because I believe it all. I agree with him. Yeah. But the point is, you can be vulnerable. And if you're if you're open, if you let yourself be vulnerable, um these little tiny cracks will happen and, and the transformation happens. Um and it's good transformation, right? It's it's good. Yes. Um, and it, it doesn't have to be, you know, active. Um, but you do you do have to let it happen you have to be open to it happening and you know to a certain extent you have to almost practice vulnerability sometimes you just have to you know let it happen so i think i have not it's been homework paying attention time. to the time i was going to say it's got to be homework time at <laughs> yeah, this point yeah it's definitely homework time um, this is the so long one so your homework is sort of what i
1: literally just
0: said which it's is to
1: absolutely what you just said <laughs>
0: just to practice vulnerability um, in your home or your community and listen there's a variety of ways to do that it could be to decide that you want to care about something right is to figure that thing that you've been nervous maybe you've been nervous to join something you've been nervous to let somebody know you care about something but another kind of fun way is to like share a mistake or a weakness something that you wouldn't normally do maybe in a setting with others a setting in an example with others and this um, this doesn't have to be as scary as it sounds right, but a way to make yourself vulnerable in the eyes of others. So I will use an example. Um, I am partnering with another mom for the fourth grade farewell committee in my uh, elementary school and we are on the yearbook committee. And I have told her on more than one occasion that I need accountability or I will not do things and I need deadlines. I need deadlines. Otherwise I will not get things done. Riley's shaking her head. Like, yes, I know this about you. Um, and <laughs> I is need, true. and I need accountability and I'm good. I mean, I'm good at doing things. I am, I can yearbook with the best of them, but I need deadlines and I need accountability. And, um, you know, we need to make sure that we work together and set those together. And otherwise I will procrastinate too much and this will become very stressful. And so, I guess I could have said it in a more like, these are my weaknesses ways, but I was basically letting her know my weaknesses. And so we are meeting this Sunday so that we can work together and we can set a plan and deadlines and all that good stuff. But it could be as simple as that. Like if you have a project with somebody, if you're working with a friend with somebody, you could say, you could kind of let them know like what a weakness is of yours. And you don't have to be like, you know, hi, Mary, one of my weaknesses is, Could you please help me with that? But you could evaluate what a weakness is and say, you know, um, I know that one thing that I struggle with sometimes when I'm working on a project is this, is that something that you would be good at or organization, whatever it is, but it's just amazing if you let yourself be a little vulnerable in the eyes of others, how suddenly, you know, they're, kind of take the stress off and it's funny because I ended one of the emails to this other mom saying then we know the appropriate amount of procrastination that we can do and she thought it was very funny and she also was then able to tell me I can't even look at this project until the end of January because I'm overwhelmed by deadlines at work so let's set it for the first weekend of February like she was able to say that to me rather than our stress of back and forth emails when are we going to do this when are we going to do this right so we could both be vulnerable. So that's my challenge to you, whether it's with a spouse, with a friend, I mean, hopefully you're already vulnerable with your spouse, but a spouse, a friend, you never know. Um, or just in an organization that you're part of, it it could be a little, little, little tiny thing, but it's like practice, like doing something new, just a little practice attempt at vulnerability. Um, and then if that is, if that is too much, because it might be, journal about it. Journal about why that feels like too much, right? Journal about why that is stressful for you. Um, Maybe journal about like, how willing are you to take emotional risks and why this isn't a stressful experience for you. Share the experience with your accountability partner or us. You know where to find us on social media. We would love to hear about your experience. Next week, we will be back with another guest and we can't wait to see you or hear you or interact with you have a great week thanks so much for listening to we go boldly podcast we're honored you took the time out of your busy day to listen and grow with us as we strive to build an intentional life build with purpose
1: meaning and courage if you enjoyed this episode we would love it if you let us know head to apple Podcasts today to rate and review our show While you're there, be sure to subscribe to We Go Boldly Podcast so you get notified when our next episode is live. How are you creating a purposeful life? What is holding you back? Let us know over on Facebook and Instagram. You can find us at Go Boldly Together. For more information on the show and how we can work together to create your best and boldest future, visit WeGoBoldlyThePodcast.com today.
0: Stay tuned each week and join us in creating a bold society of limitless women.